Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello again, I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan, back to introduce another Spin the Rally Pod special. Now, you've probably already enjoyed listening to Derek Dauncey's recollections of Mitsubishi's first Safari Rally win back in 1996. If you haven't, you're in for a treat. Go check it out on Dirtfish.com. Well, two years later, the team repeated its success and it sticks in the minds of British rally fans as it was a maiden win for Richard Burns. So Derek is back with Dirtfish.com senior staff writer David Evans to relive that less than straightforward victory. So sit back and enjoy. So... Derek, last week you told us some incredible stories from the 1996 Safari Rally. Now we're going to jump forward two years here to 1998 and an event that will always hold a very special place in the hearts of of all British and English rally fans. Uh, Obviously Richard Burns and Scotland, Robert Reid, we can't forget him, first victory in the World Rally Championship. But there was probably there was more to the Safari in 98 than, than those two boys winning, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, we when we won in '96, we were like um, you had the feeling within the team, especially with Andrew's experience and the people around him. You know, he he, he was into endurance events, and um, winning safari for him was 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 very special as well as the Japanese. So when we went, we left there, went back the next year, we kind of like you know increased our effort, and um, it didn't work in '97 for us, and it was a bit bit of a blow to be honest with you. Um, it, it was it, so going to 98 we kind of what like wrong, Derek sorry to jump in there what what didn't work for you in 97 it, it was just basically you know we we went there with um with a new car and um Richard Richard finished second which was a brilliant result but you know the funny thing is that once you win it you want to win it and um we we lost we lost Tommy and and um when 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 Richard we came through Richard, and it was it, it was a shorter route that year. We kind of kind of like from ninety six. It was a full on, you know. I think in ninety six it was six hundred and sixty kilometers. In when we got to the event in ninety eight, it was three hundred and fifty. So some of the mystique of the event was lost, but yeah. we still we still wanted to go back and win that event, and it became really important after we after we didn't win it in ninety. Second was really good. It was for us but we you know Richard went wanted to win it again Richard wanted to win the event so did Tommy and so did the team so we didn't double the efforts because we put a lot of effort into 97 but for 98 um you know we we really wanted to try and push it home and um we 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 were into the evolution four by this time and it wasn't a it wasn't a fantastic um it wasn't a uh, fantastic transition from the from the three to the four straight away it needed a bit more work doing to it yeah. so we're developing the car a bit more so 
um, going to that event, we you know we were we were looking for a for a victory, and you know we we, all, we, we kind of still remember the the fight between Colin and Richard, and obviously Colin had won in ninety seven, I believe, if I remember right, and Richard really wanted to go back and win that event. Richard and Robert did, so you know we went we went to that event with um, with high hopes of of trying to you know put last the, the previous season uh, problems away and, uh, and come away with a victory. How you talk about, you know, putting more effort in and like you rightly say, you know, when you got prepared for 97, you would have done everything possible to, to be perfectly ready for that event. How do you then go back and even improve on what 12 months ago was the perfect preparation in, in your own eyes? What what changes did you make in the preparation for 98? I think that it, 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 behind the scenes, we, we what we had seen in we were having a few issues with um, such, it's such a high speed event and going back again to what you said on the last podcast was you know that the, the stages are not closed roads or open roads and you are flat out so the tyres were taking a bit of a, an issue uh, with them with um, uh, the sidewall construction was, was was slightly breaking down and we were getting like golf ball size um, bubbles come up on the inside of the tread you know from high speed impacts and um they were actually the bubble was getting that big it was touching the, the strip body and, and blowing the tire out so we actually went before the rally to do a tire test for michelin and the the idea was that it was going to benefit all the michelin runners not just ourselves we you know we had a very good partnership with, with michelin um it, it gone on for you know what we go back to the gallant days and amy chatel yeah. Uh, uh, was was a very very good supporter of not only us but Toyota and the other and Ford. Um, so we went there to do a tire test for them at the last minute. Um, we had the resources there, and um, we ended up taking doing six tire uh, doing six different tire tests on a uh, Magadi road, and um, it, I think it came down to the last but one tire where we found a solution for the problem. So. Again, we knew that that was possibly an Achilles heel that we had, and we wanted to try and put that to bed. So, you know, we put some effort into a small team of us flying out to just do that test. But uh, Tommy came out, and we were we were running the last tire up to about 120 kilometres without issues. So, what we said before about knowing that we had a good damper for the for 96, we had to have a really good tire that you know we weren't going to have issues where we're having to back off or think about tactically what we need to do with the tire. So. Um, Michelin's chemist came out to the event and he was a pretty happy man when uh, when he saw that we could get above the 80 kilometres which seemed to be the maximum for the tyre at the time so you know that that was one area that we, we definitely we definitely kind of focused on and, and then that, sorry that, I mean it's just what it's worth pointing out here that people probably you know you can't comprehend on those early safari or not those early safaris the later safaris just how long the car would be flat out for wouldn't it you know, yeah, that's that, that high speed. That's the whole thing with it. You know, you look at the, you know, you look at the length of the events, and you know, even even though some of the stages, stage mileage was was cut down, you still had, you know, stages of 110 kilometers long, so 40 kilometers, 70 kilometers. So, you know, it's um, they, they are and the choppers, the helicopters trying to actually keep up with the the cars in some areas. They have to, you know, they're looking to try and cut a corner to catch them back up. So the tires take a hell of a pounding when you think that, um, you know, any kind of small rock in the road, you can't avoid everything. They're going to pick some. They're going to pick some of the damage up from those. So again, what, you know, we, we don't try and help Michelin out with that with that one issue. What sort of top speed would they have been geared for? Uh, I can't really remember. I mean, it was it was 
130 plus mile an hour. So they're out running the helicopter. So the, the squirrel helicopter was, a, I think it was good for 140 mile an hour. So, um, you know, it's, it, it is extremely quick. Um, and at altitude as well, you obviously lost some of the actual the power from the car. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, everything everything's pushed to the maximum in some respects i mean you, you're blocking the airflow through the front um it, it kind of causes all kinds of issues so um you know we 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 basically left we basically left that test knowing that the tire was was quite good but we picked up another couple of issues during the event which we we hadn't seen before and they put a real real heavy strain on the uh on the the pre-event uh, lead up to the event before we even started and one of them was um uh, we had a we had a, a seal on a damper that if it didn't last for 50k, if you're running for 20k, and you didn't have a failure, you were fine. But you could have a, a top seal fail. So we were into running dampers mm. before the event, um, to just to run them in for 20 kilometres. I think it was done the day before shakedown. We'd last in the car, so every damper had to be run, every front damper had to be run to make sure that you know it got through 20 kilometres and it was going to be good for 110 kilometres. So very small issue with a you know manufacturing of a seal but in kenya there was no option to try and remake them there we had to try and just pick out the best ones and run with them so that was pretty interesting the day of shakedown running every damper and that i mean it's worth just just paying tribute to to lasse lampe there you talk you know one of finland's unsung hero rally drivers but he was with the team a long time wasn't he lasse and an integral part yeah, I mean, the funny thing is I saw a picture uh, online this week of uh, Lassie with uh, uh, with Lancia, with Marco and uh, wow. um, and the uh, the management, you know, in the Lancia top. And, you you know, he did, he moved from Lancia. He he, had, he was driving for Audi in 83, 84. People have probably seen his name on the entry list for, for Rally GB. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he was an unbelievable driver. And he's now working with Tommy at Toyota. Yeah. And um, I sat down and chat with him in Mexico a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he never seems to age. But uh, mm-hmm. even I'd say even in you know ninety six, ninety seven, if we if we'd entered him in the test car, he, he would have got into the top five. I'm certain of it. He's amazing, isn't he? Just so much experience, and and exactly what you want from a test driver that can drive a car down a bit of road to almost within a couple of seconds of exactly what you want. Yeah, I mean, the thing for Lassie was that he had a very good feel for the balance of the car, but he, and mechanically he understood what the car was doing. And that's pretty important and a massive element. Even today, I'm sure he's given a lot of feedback to, to the Toyota team because you, you, some some great drivers we've worked with, they're not brilliant, you know, te- setting a, te- a car up. And yeah. Lassie would go in, if we had a, a normal test, even in Safari, Lassie would do the majority of the testing the driver would come in for a day maybe and then fine tweak the damper settings after we've done all the you know the preloads in the in the suspension in the, in the uh, transmission and the actual um, you know what we physically need to do on that side of it and the base suspension stuff and it, it allowed the driver to come in when they've got really busy schedule to to concentrate on you know fine-tuning the car we did that in safari and we did that on every european and, and most rallies, Lassie would always do the first stint in the test car. Yeah, no, and and a real kind of end, like you say, you know, not many drivers have a real engineering approach. You know, we saw, you know, Colin McRae had a great ability to understand what the car was doing and could probably have rebuilt the car at the side of the road. Uh, and, and Lassie was the same, wasn't he? Or is the same? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also now, you know, he's got a massive file cab- cabinet in his head, you know, the, yeah. I'm sure you come across a problem on the test. We've seen it when we've been in America. You know, you've seen that problem before and you can you can basically shortcut the process to get to the, to the end of it. So, you know, on that shakedown that, that day, um, everybody moved, went across the shakedown. We took the test car um, to the back of uh, Old Pessy School and did some running. Uh, just to you know 20 kilometers 20 kilometers with a set of dampers i sat in with him that morning actually and um, just to make sure that um, they were right and he you know just easy he didn't have to drive at 100 percent. he drove at 95 percent, but consistently knew where you know what the pace of the car had to be so i've got a lot of respect for lassie yeah would you would you have gone in the car quite a lot on the test and stuff on and off, it depended. I mean, Safari, yes. Um, we've done a few with that with Francois as well. Um, but European European test, Finland. Finland was pretty good with Tommy. Um, Delacour and Tarmac. You know, it was um, it was it was interesting. Got a feel for the car and how it works. And yeah. you know, we we call it the sack of potatoes. They just put you in there for the ballast. But uh, you know, it's uh, you pick up quite a lot off it anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. But back to this this ninety eight event, which you know, you look at the at the the spread of the stages and everything, and it was a, a Mitsubishi event, wasn't it? You know, you were you were never headed. Burnsy won uh, that. Would we call it a super special that first stage in in Nairobi, yeah. uh, and then it was Tommy leading, wasn't it? It was Tommy leading, and um, you know, we were the stall was set out really. It was it was looking strong. You know, the, as I said before, before you you literally are running um, a leg. You know, you're running the, the rallies. Each leg's a rally in theory. That's what you're looking at. You're looking to get to the end of each day, but you're looking to be in a, in a good position. If you can have the car back to the last service, and you know you 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 haven't got massive dramas. You're not carrying a massive job list for the next morning, which we have seen on a few events. Then you know, end of the first day, we were looking quite good. That's that's you know that that was why that was how we were, we 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 came out that first day. So, you know, what happened after that kind of like was disappointing. Um, it was a bit of a silly retirement, but uh, you know, for Tommy. But you know, um, we were we were in a fairly strong position. What well, it was an engine problem, was it? It, it was basically um, the engine mount had broken. It, it, uh, what what fit, what what happened was it there was a as we said before it's an open road there was a bus that was pulling out uh, in a village and, and Tommy moved to the right to be, make sure he was super safe with anybody that was you know round the bus or walking with the bus yeah. and he ended up in the ditch and he just fractured the um, left hand engine mount which we'd never seen before um, and damaged the cam belt and. Uh, yeah, that was it. It was it was so clinical, you know. Being out there for so long and just to lose a car like that, you you, you know, you envisage like taking a corner off or people getting stuck in the in a in a mud hole or mm. we've seen all the different pictures, but it was it was a clinical retirement in theory. Yeah, I I have a vague recollection uh, of Richard or or Robert, probably Robert more recently, obviously telling a story about on there. Did they have a crash on their test? Yeah, there was a there was a there was a couple of things that happened in theory. It, the, the the it's really difficult for go, going back when, when Richard came into '96 and ran the gravel car. '97 they entered, but okay. their, their biggest issue was basically learning 
to cut some of the. You, you, I think it's a bit Robert about it. You, you have to cut some of the European type of notes out. Of, yes. uh, you know, because it's just too much to call over the long sections. It's so just to go and write notes for Safari and to write them at speed and what you know remove what you don't need. So, there's, I think there's a few things where. You know, note note op- optimization and um, uh, you know, just getting caught out by the actual conditions is it's pretty difficult in some respects. Yeah, no, absolutely. But when when Tommy went out, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on that event, wasn't he? You know, Colin wasn't far away. He he'd set some fastest times, but he went out as well with an in, I think an engine problem as well. That's right. No, the the, thing, the, the I mean, we retired in Monty, so we went to Sweden, and Tommy won in Sweden, so. You know, for Tommy to 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 kick off the option of the you know the three championship wins, which is what we were, we were looking for. You know, retiring in Kenya was really difficult, and pressure came across to Richard. And we we'd had some problems um, before we got to the event. The other problem we had was um, we had a transmission oil seal issue, and um, we went ninety six was okay, but ninety seven we ended up obviously with double everything so where there was yeah. one entry car in 1997-98 we had two entry cars so in 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 the workshop we had five group a cars two for the recce two for the for the entry in the test car so the logistics of, of supporting all those cars was difficult and during the uh, during the recce we had a we found an issue with the carbon clutch because we'd moved to the evolution four the carbon clutches were failing in the water splash because in, ingesting some water through the bottom of the, the transmission casing. So we ran out of clutches. So uh, when the morning that we, we actually ran out of clutches on the recce the day that the actual rally cars arrived in Nairobi. So I, I ended up stealing a, a clutch from uh, one of the entry cars, which at the time we weren't sure whether, whether we'd get replacement for the rally. So. It was, a, it was a few conversations going backs and forwards, and it, it kept it kept Richard's car going, believe it or not, in the actual recce for the last day or so. So, mm-hmm. all those things, you know, they kind of, as I said before, the corridor, you're trying to shut the doors, but there was little things that were coming up all the time that you had to react to. The transmission oil seal issue was a was another one that we we we'd not had, and we we were basically getting the uh, having the transmission boys were unbelievably overloaded just to make sure that. The transmissions really built every time the recce, the recce team came back and the test team came back. We were doing some, whilst the boys were wrecking, we, had, we were still carrying over some testing with Lassie. So we had we had the test team and a recce team going out each morning. So we had three cars running each day. So um, the transmission issue was was one across the board. So Craig Stubbley and a couple of boys were like flat out trying to get the get the transmissions rebuilt because the, I think the test team were leaving at six in the morning and the recce team at seven. So uh, wow. it was long nights for those boys. And uh, one one story I'll go on to that basically carries to the finish was, um, I think it, it was either last last but one or last night at the recce. We were just finishing off two o'clock in the morning and uh, I took the one car out to Nairobi Airport and came back in and the clutch seal popped again. <sighs> so it meant the boys had to, you know, they all got hands washed, ready to go to the hotel and we ended up having to take the box out and do this box again oh. <laughs> and uh, I made a stupid uh, statement to the boys that if we win this rally I'd cut my moustache off and <laughs> um, it was uh, it was game on then you could see the eyes you know sometimes you've got to lift people up and you've got to say the things at the right time but they were obviously uh, that obviously came back to bite me at the end of the rally yeah absolutely and was it Obviously, Safari is famous for the uh, for the pool party um, straight after the finish. Was it in the pool that the moustache came off? 
Um, yeah, what actually happened is I've been trying to find a photo. There is a photo kicking around that somebody has seen, one of the boys had seen um, with the big radio, a uh, big razor on the um, on the dashboard of the car at the podium. Um, <laughs> someone gave it to Richard uh, and it, it was it was shown to me at the last service and, it, you know, they were going to they were going to cut the moustache off, but the the one thing was that before we got to the finish was that on the last day we had a bit of a scare. Um, I think it was a, the last stage, the last but one stage, last but one stage. Um, luckily, the service was at the end of the stage uh, on on the third day. It was a super special stage, but the, the last proper stage, Richard had nosedived the car and. Um, uh, we got a good lead by that point, but the temperature started to rise really quickly. And um, he come off the stage, and it was a big service. It was a the front nose was 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 pushed in. And when you when you if you look at some pictures, probably see some pictures that are posted from from Colin and McLean, whatever. The the ball bar, when you try and take it off, if you bent the front, it, it can be difficult to get back on. Yeah. And uh, we were we were into doing um, a, a radiator and intercooler change, needing to take the ball bar off, um, and it wasn't a straightforward job, and it was a quick service. And uh, Richard was literally on tender hooks about whether we'd get the car back out again, and it was a, a last minute scare. But um, you know, again, the bo- all those boys out there, all the mechanics, we moved all the mechanics across from Tommy's team obviously once he retired so we had the, the numbers to to support it but it wasn't an easy job but the boys as normal they they actually you know they nailed the actual job got the car running and we were back out again but uh, it was a last minute scare and uh, i thought my moustache was safe at that point when the car came in to be honest with you but uh, it wasn't and uh, um it, it was a it, it was a real feel good factor it was um for Richard to win, it was brilliant. He put a lot of work. Him and Robert put a lot of work into, you know, going back, to, going back to the event from '97 after what they've seen '98. He drove really, really well. Uh, the, the team worked well. It was a shame about Tommy. We we would love to have done a one-two there, um, but yeah, it was a it was a fantastic result. And uh, at the end of the event, when I, I was packing up. Um, I, when I got back to the event, I think four or five of them, the mechanics with moustaches, had already lost their moustache. So uh, <laughs> I, I did mine in the hotel room. I didn't, I didn't want to face the uh, someone trying to hack it off by the pool. <laughs> no, I was going to say yours wasn't the the only the only moustache to go. So I think Phil Shorts went as well, didn't it? Yeah, Big Ryko, the Finnish mechanic, Roger Mortimer. There was quite a few of them um, that, that went that night, but uh, and, and again, you know, you know, Phil and Phil and everybody joined in, and they, you know, part an integral part of the team. They were, you know, they were good sports, and they went along with with, with the boys, and they appreciate, you know, it's a nice way to appreciate what had gone on. It sounds might sound silly to listeners, but the effort to get through that event with with all the, with everything that went on in the background, with all the logistics and the servicing and you know we we changed this we changed the the, the style of servicing to change everything on every corner we were doing it on two cars so yeah. it was double the amount of parts it was double the amount of damper building it was the helicopters going back with dampers uh, it was the it was a damper running vehicles and it, there was no sleep to be had at all during the rally so you know it, the boys were brilliant absolutely and my one of my recollections of the end of that event is is the onboard from from richard coming over the the final the finish line there was a huge amount of swearing from him wasn't there yes 
<laughs> yeah, there was a because you know when Tommy went out, it was um, the, the you know Richard. Richard was a perfect gentleman. He was British. He was basically you know he was he he wanted to win. It was a great fit for the team. He fitted in brilliantly. Mm. But but it was you know you see some no disrespect some of the drivers now they're in it for themselves and that's nothing wrong with that at all i don't i don't say there's anything wrong with that whatsoever but also sometimes those drivers need to give something back to the team and safari when there's, there's that much involved with the event you know richard wanted that result not just for him but for the team as well so a bit of stress relief there at the end of that stage yeah absolutely uh and a, a great way to end uh this this podcast thank you very much derek for those amazing memories thank you Thanks again to team manager of the Mitsubishi World Rally team, Derek Dauncey, and in the style of the very best Bond movies, I'm delighted to say he will return to relive the exciting end to the 1998 WRC season. Make sure you don't miss out by subscribing now to this podcast through your podcast provider. And while you're there, why not pen us a review? For now, thank you for listening. (laughs) 